Hi there, everyone, and uh, welcome back to Minion Talks. It's been a while since I've been here, and I've got a very special guest here with me today. And we're going to talk about some underlying issues, actually, that are going on right now. Andrea, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, okay, uh, I'm from Colombia, and I'm going to talk about the issues we're having right now with our our government. Absolutely, yes, go ahead. Okay, so to give you a brief like summary of what's happening, uh, we've been in right-wing uh, governments for a long time. Mm, this one we have right now ends its period uh, next year. And mm -hmm. what happened to start the, the ongoing protests is that they wanted to pass a tax reform uh, right. was going to affect mostly the the middle class and also the low mm -hmm. income uh, people. So they were basically going to tax uh, basic food like meat. They they wanted to tax coffee at some point, uh, like okay. basic food you need to buy. So that was going right. to affect really bad the low income people. And they were going to tax uh, something like if you earn more than that's like uh, 300 pounds, then you'll have to pay taxes. So that's like the, the, the middle class in Colombia. Yeah. And they were going to be really affected. The big companies, uh, the rich people, they they weren't going to be affected at all. So uh, everyone started to get really mad about this. And on mm -hmm. the 28th of April, they went out mm -hmm. to the streets to protest yeah. all the major cities in Colombia. And mm -hmm. what started happening is that we we had some really bad cases of police abuse. And mm -hmm. the president have militarized the entire country to keep the protests down. So, like, oh to give you an idea, I have some some numbers here from the 12th of May. So, one okay. we had we had been for 15 days in protest. Are you hearing mm -hmm. me? Okay. It's just, it's, yep, I'm hearing you totally fine. It's raining a lot. Wow. Oh wow! Yeah, I can I can see the rain now. That that came out of nowhere. But no, I can hear you totally fine. Okay, that's fine. So in mm -hmm. 15 days of protest, so to the 12th, to today's day 18, so we're missing yeah. some days. We had mm -hmm. 39 homicides committed by the police. 39. Jesus Christ! I know. Uh, we had more than 2,000 police violence cases. More than, more than sixteen cases of sexual violence. Uh, one hundred thirty-three cases of firearm shots against protesters. Uh, well, etc. Like there are like a lot of numbers. That's horrible. Numbers. Yeah. What? Why? I don't understand that. Why was were they directed by the government to use violence against the protesters? Yeah. Or were the protesters being violent? Or because I'm not entirely 
familiar with like the reaction as to like like you know what caused the police to do that obviously that's horrible but, that's you know. horrible no the president uh commanded the police to do everything they they could to like take down the protests and he couldn't we're still in the streets uh protesting and fighting for our rights but mm -hmm. there's still some people going missing and that's a huge problem to the 10th of may so eight days ago we had more than 300 379 people missing and i just want you to know that uh missing people in colombia is um different from like in other countries maybe in latin america i don't know if right. you're familiar with the dictatorships that happen in argentina and chile but when they disappear people most of them uh, ended up being dead most of them yeah um, i've i've heard of cases like this happening before and, and in colombia that's that's shocking yeah, it's it's really horrible and it makes me feel really afraid because we have a lot of missing people that have been taken from the protest. And in Colombia, we had like mm -hmm. a phenomenon called the false positives. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but no. it's like really important in the period of uh, eight years. We had uh, Uribe, Alvaro Uribe Vélez as a president. And mm -hmm. he was, his government really emphasized on security. Uh, so right. he wanted to fight the guerrillas uh, really bad. He was like all focused on that. So he gave some incentives, a lot of incentives actually, to the army to take down the guerrillas. And mm -hmm. what started happening is that the army went to really low income neighbors in the cities and of course also in the countryside um, and they started recruiting people to get them to work in coffee plantations for example so okay you're a person that lives in a really low-income neighborhood a young young man they were all young men mm -hmm. and someone comes to you and tells you okay I'm gonna give you a job and you're like yes I'm finally going to be able to help my mom pay for everything. And so you right. go and work there. And then your mother doesn't hear from you in a lot of days. And they cannot communicate with you. Let's say this was, mm -hmm. uh, let's say the, the guy went out to work yesterday. And then a long time after the mother is called and they tell her, your son died on combat. He he was a guerrillero, a guerrilla, yeah, guerrillero, and mm -hmm. it was uh, they were in a combat with the army, and he was killed in combat. And they asked like, when did this happen? When did he die? And they told mm -hmm. her like, maybe it was the day after the son went out of the house. So they were like, okay, this couldn't happen. Oh you know, like, when did he have the time to become a guerrillero? And we had more than 6,000 cases of false positives in Colombia during that time. And 
it started to come out because a lot of groups of mothers, the mothers mm -hmm. of these people, united and started gaining visibility. And they started like telling the government to respond for those cases. Right. So the more than 300 these uh, missing people we have right now is really scary because we don't know what's going on with them and we don't know if we're going to ever find them. That figure of 300 people, is that only for this year? That's only uh, between the 28th of April and the 10th of May. Christ, it hasn't even been a month, my God. Yeah. Um, that's, wow. I didn't even realize it was getting that severe in Colombia, honestly. It's really, and I want to highlight that as well, because I just find it insane how we don't hear about these things here in the UK as much as we should, you know. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I'm really surprised I by didn't, that. I didn't get, you know, I didn't even know it was happening until Antonia told me about it. And she asked me to get in touch with you as well, because, you know, I'm interested in knowing about how these things come about. And I want to know more about it and obviously get other people to see what else is going on, you know, in other parts of the world. And it's like, I, I really don't know what to say. It's, it's really shocking. I've gone through a few articles since then as well. And I remember reading one on the New York Times where children are being killed as well. Well, yeah. Um, we from, had, what I, from what I've understood. We had underage people killed by the police. And there's a case, a really recent case, it was, I think, mm -hmm. on the 16th in Popayan, yeah. which is like a okay. small city in Colombia where a girl was, um, she was detained by the police, a 17-year-old girl, and she mm -hmm. was sexually abused by the, the police. And she killed herself the day after. She, she told what happened in her Facebook she said she was sexually abused. She said something like, they touched uh, even my soul, like something like that. And she killed herself after. That's, that's bloody awful. My goodness. Yeah. It's, it's honestly shocking. Honestly, I can't imagine what it must be like for someone who comes from there to, you know, have to you know experience and you know realize that this is actually happening right now i can't imagine what that feels like it's it's horrible you feel really frustrated because i don't yeah. know i i feel i should be there fighting with my people because and i've been waiting for you have family there as well haven't you i have family um uh, my family yeah. is in bogota and most of my right. friends are in bogota too and mm -hmm. it hasn't been that hard it is. It is being really hard, but not that hard in Bogota. Like the violence right. was concentrated in uh, the third major city in Colombia that's called Cali. And it's okay. closer to the Pacific coast. Uh, right. And there's more black population there. So, okay. yeah, so it's <laughs> it's horrible because we see the racism in the country too. Like they militarized Kali really early and they started like shooting a lot of people like they they used firearms 
against protesters in Cali in the first days, like in the week from the in the first week of May, they killed a mm -hmm. lot of people in the low income neighbors in Cali. And what? Why did they did they only focus on Cali? What just because of the ethnic demographic there, or? No, uh, well, I was talking about that with a friend yeah. who studied history mm -hmm. in in the in my university, and we were talking okay. about that because I said like, okay, this is really racist, like why Cali? And she was like, okay, yeah, it has a component of racism, and it's because that part of the country has been really abandoned by the government. Cali is a major city, so. It has like there's a lot of rich people living there too, but it's being mm -hmm. really abandoned by the government and the the people who are victims of violence in the Pacific coast, in the mm -hmm. rural areas of the Pacific coast, they migrate to the cities closer to it, which the major one is Cali, you know. Right. So there's a lot of of black people concentrated in Cali and the surroundings, but. What she told me is that, uh, okay, this is uh, something that happened last year, mm -hmm. the 9-11 of last year, and it was that one man was victim of uh, police abuse. They murdered him with tasers, um, and everyone went out to protest in Bogota, and mm -hmm. they burned like police stations and everything. And that night, they started shooting at people. That was the first time in, well, since I have memory and I went out, yeah. think that the police actually shoot people with guns, you know. And so we were really afraid of police in Bogota since that happened. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's why, like, in Cali, it was, like, harder they went out protesting, like, with, you could say, with more violence. And yeah. so uh, these, these protests, they have a background that is really important to take into account. And is that the country has more than 40% of poverty right now. So there's more than 40% of people in Colombia that is not be, being able to take two meals a day. So that's fucked up. And of course, the mm -hmm. poverty concentrates in these populations I'm talking to you about, right? So the yeah. part of the population that is really abandoned by the state, of course, they feel anger and they're really upset and they just want it, like they just need to protest and they don't have nothing to lose, you know? And that's a really important mm -hmm. factor to take into account right now because most of the people that's going out and protesting, it's young. It's really young. It's like yeah. from the 17, even 15 years old to the 30-something. And it's yeah. because my country doesn't have any opportunities for us, you know? I had to leave my country to be able to work in the academy because we don't have much opportunities there. And if you're a young person in Colombia that is in poverty and no, and you know, you're not going to be able to get into university because the public universities are, they don't have that much resources to take a lot of people in. 
and the mm -hmm. private universities are so expensive then you you think like i need to change this country yeah. or i'll die Absolutely. anyway and I, I won't have any opportunity so i don't have anything to lose i'm gonna go out and give my life for this fight if i have to mm -hmm. and i totally get it i i totally get it and i totally support oh, no, it I I, I totally understand it too, because when, when, especially when an entire nation is experiencing, you know, near near to half of them, you know, being exposed to extreme levels of poverty, of course people are going to riot and you know stand up and try to advocate for change in whatever way is necessary, you know. And I want to know now if there's any uh, any developments as in, any developments that you know of that the government's doing. Are they have they cancelled any reforms? Have they withdrawn any proposals? Like, what are they doing now because of these protests? Yeah, so they withdraw the tax reform, but right. partially. They said, like, okay, we're going to discuss the tax reform because they have, like, a big hole uh, because of the pandemic. They have to fill. Mm -hmm. So they have to discuss what are like how are they going to pay for that money um and so they they withdraw it but they're gonna just um rethink it kind of like and there was like another reform the health reform that was basically going to favor the private institutions who are like um we have like kind of a private public health system in Colombia. So we have some right. called the EPSs, which they, okay. they give the service of health in Colombia. And like the major ones were going to take all the patients and get the money from the government, basically, with that health reform. It was withdrawn too, uh, not long ago. It was like five years okay. ago. Uh, yeah, but right now, I think a very, like the core, maybe not the core, but one of the most important things the protest is revolving around is the police reform, because we know they have yeah way too much power, you know, like they're killing a lot of people. They've taken a lot of <laughs> our brothers, sisters or friends they've killed them or they've left a lot of people without one eye or <laughs> that happened. We had more than 30 victims of aggression in the eye to the, to the 12th of May too. So that's, that's just horrible. And we need a reform for the police. They don't, they, they can't have that much power and we have to be able to protest whenever we need to you know that's the yeah basic i agree right. with you i totally agree with you so that's one of the main points right now yeah because this this is this is literally a discussion of basic human rights i guess you know and although majority of these protests were tied towards the tax bill that was supposed to be passed is that correct right so now um well, that you mentioned something about the police bill because I haven't actually read anything about that yet. So, what's 
what's happening now? And has the government openly discussing that? Or have they not even taken that into account yet? Yeah, so they've been discussing with the, like, a committee for the Paro Nacional, like the, the strike, the national strike. Yeah. They're discussing with the committee. But I just saw, like, just now, I saw on Instagram mm-hmm. uh, um, communicate of the committee that says the government is not negotiating that they're not negotiating anything. So it seems that this is going to be a long-term thing. Uh, It's been already 18 days, I think, more than 18 days. Uh, They're going for 20 days now in protest. I think it's going to be longer. And I just want to send all the energy to my people to resist, to keep on resisting and to keep on fighting because this is so important and we're making a change right now like you are making a change i'm not i'm here in london like super safe whatever but yeah i think they're making things change and i think the high like the high income people the 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 oligarchy uh they're Mm -hmm. shaking right now because we're not standing back Right, as 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 they as they as they bloody well should, honestly. If these protests didn't happen, they would have literally just had their way, you know. And it doesn't affect them in the slightest bit possible, which is, you know, it's it's saddening. I mean, I really don't understand it. But you know, at least at least because of these protests, there is a slight positive. Obviously, the government's withdrawn that bill now, right, or that proposal, right. But then there are, it's like taking one little needle out of someone's arm is just walk through a bush, you know? It's just, there's a lot of other things that are underlying. But hopefully, it, it, you know, plays out towards the will of the people. I really hope it does. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I have hopes. I think that's, I have really mixed feelings because I feel so angry because of what's happening, what I see every day, what the president is saying right now because he, he just said, I think it was yesterday night. He said he's going to militarize the entire country and he's going to do whatever it takes to take off the blockages we we have in the cities. Mm -hmm. And he's saying like, oh, you cannot block the streets because you're attempting against the rights of the people. (laughs) It's like, dude, you're killing a lot of people. (laughs) What is wrong with you? You know, that's... Yeah, it makes me really. Yeah, the the irony of that is is oh, that's second to none. My God, I know, and I'm I'm really afraid of what's going to happen and how many people are going to die for this. My friends are going out yeah. protesting. Uh, some of my family, my big brother, is out there protesting. So you're always afraid of they might not come yeah. back. This like today, you know, like. That could happen. It's so scary. It's it's so scary to have to think that. Um, it is. My God. But I have hope because this is the first time uh, in, I don't know, years and years that we, like the, the people is rising. The entire country government. is standing up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it gives me hope. Yeah. That is a good sign, honestly. 
And if these things are really happening, that the, the police brutality, I'm going to be reading a lot more about this now and trying to figure out how far this has gone back. Obviously, you know, way more than I do. But I, I'm, I really want to make sure I get this out there and make people understand that this is actually happening right now as we speak. So, yeah. Thank you. And I think it's really important that you and, like, the first world countries, you know, are informed yeah. and do something about what's happening in Colombia because we have a right-wing government. So they care about the international opinion. They they literally, like, uh, love the U.S. and the European Union and they're like... Yeah, we get all the money from the European Union. We get all the money from the U.S. Uh, we get most of the money we spend in military and police from the U.S. So if they threat to withdraw that money, if they if they just pronounce against what's happening in Colombia, including the U.K., the U.K. it's also really important in the Mm -hmm. opinion of the politics in Colombia it's going to make yeah. a change you know and it's our only hope right now right now because the government is not going to respect the rights the government is not going to respect the people they obviously don't care what happens to us so but they care about what other governments says so if the UK and the US and the European Union pronounces about what's going on in Colombia there's a chance that well, at least they stopped killing that much people. And it happened, like the U.S. pronounced a few days uh, ago, maybe a week ago. And the, well, at least we had less homicides than the week before that. So it works. It works. The, the international pressure is really mm -hmm. important right now, and it works. So it's really important that people in these countries know what's happening in Colombia. And become aware of what's going on, absolutely. I agree with you. And again, I just want to highlight that it's, it's, it's frustrating that I've had to find out through a friend that this is happening, you know, because this is coming from, like, I read the news on a daily basis. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I read the news a lot. And obviously there are other issues that are more important in a, in a sense to countries that are reporting the news or whatever, you know, depending on how close it is or whatever. But at the same time, and it's something that it's that's this severe, I think it should at least be out there as a headliner rather than just a side article, which, you know, that's a, that's a topic for, you know, another time in terms of media change and scope. But yeah, it's, I, it is a bit frustrating, but at the same time, I'm happy that I know about it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and... we've been really censored. They're censoring us. Like in Instagram, there was like, there are some days in which they just delete all of my stories. And I'm like, what? What happened? And yeah, they're just gone. Wait, stories you... about that. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. That happens a lot. They took out the internet from Kali, one of the the nights they killed more, more people. They took out the internet of the entire city. It was crazy. It was crazy. And oh my God. Yeah, they, they took down a lot of posts. And our, our most important weapon right now is the social media because that's where we are yeah. trying to uh, create like awareness of what's happening. 
because the media in my country is just saying like, oh yeah, the vandals are burning police stations and the vandals are uh, doing graffitis in the streets and the vandals are throwing rocks at the police and this is horrible. But right. like, it's all biased for the government. So the social media is what we have right now. I had no idea that Instagram was removing stuff like that. My goodness. That's that's really shocking. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, hopefully they don't remove this episode because I'll be very angry. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but thank you so much for talking with me today. Is there anything else you want to add quickly? No, I think that would be it for now thanks for having me and thanks for letting me talk about this because it really oh, no, absolutely to yeah think i'm doing something to feel i'm doing yeah something. no absolutely hello everyone i hope everyone's doing well thank you so much for tuning into today's episode um i know it's been a while i had been doing some law exams as i sure i told you in the last post i made before disappearing and uh, they finished on the 12th of May. Um, and in between that space, in between the 12th of May and now, I've sort of just been planning what to do with the podcast from here on out. And uh, yeah, we're going to be back. I'm going to be back with uh, the weekly Thursday episodes from now on. So expect those again to be running as normal. I'm really excited and looking forward to potentially interviewing more friends that I don't necessarily have to know. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to be back on board with this. Um, and I look forward to speaking with you all and sharing the new episodes out. I've got at least another eight or nine episodes planned already. And now it's just a matter of finding the right guests to discuss these issues with me. So I look forward to that. Um, give us a follow on Instagram, for Twitter and Facebook at Real Minion Talks. And uh, you can catch the episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Music. For those of you who are first-time listeners, the podcast is distributed on a wide variety of platforms, so there's always the option for you. Thanks again very much, and uh, I'll see you next week. <laughs>